0: Welcome to Broken Shovel Podcast, home setting for a sustainable future. I am Lily, co-host and producer. I'm joined by Eric. Hello. And Lucas.
1: Happy Tuesday.
0: On today's episode, we are talking about the canary in the coal mine, i.e. early indicators of global environmental failure and climate change. Happy Tuesday!
2: Hey, happy Tuesday, everybody. So we're talking about bugs, bugs, <laughs> and other uh, bugs in the disappearing uh, biodiversity.
1: Yes, uh, okay. yeah, yeah. This is really uh, this was kind of an interesting one to re- to research. I, mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun working on this one.
2: Oh, I did. I learned a lot about like I my part I with the extinction events and how. Based by by the definitions and metrics, we've either a had about six, we're in the sixth one now, or we're in the 20th of basically, we're always in some sort of extinction type event over the entire 540 million years, the planet's been in existence,
0: well, you bring up a perfect time for me to do the definitions today. Yeah, um, I love those. <laughs>
1: um,
0: <laughs> so we're going to define extinction event and the sixth extinction, two things that you just mentioned. So, extinction event is a widespread and rapid decrease in the biodiversity on Earth. And then the extinction the sixth extinction, which Um, uh, defined by the World Wildlife Fund uh, is unlikely previous extinction event caused by natural phenomenon in the sixth mass extinction in driving by human activity, primarily um, to unsustainability, use of land, water, energy use, and climate change.
1: Yep. that big was i got yeah super thorough that that put me to shame on definitions <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> and the like we're seeing big biodiversity loss in what we call like the hot spots the coral reefs the rainforest the uh i mean forests everywhere yeah,
0: these like mass biodiversity areas that you know, we see a lot of nature. We see a lot of of animals and a lot of, of important plants. Yep. This is primarily where everything is happening.
2: Yep. And then we've seen so. Right now, they're they're saying we are anywhere between a hundred and thousand times higher of of species lost than the what they call the background extinction events, which is just the kind of like regular occurrence of. Species just kind of dying out, evolving, changing as the natural course of things. But we are a hundred to a thousand times higher than that right now by the current loss of life. And it's not just like, oh, these all these species are becoming extinct. It's it's no, it's a huge reduction in the amounts of animals, plants, insects, etc. that we are seeing right now.
1: And we have an
2: estimate 7% the,
1: of species have been lost so far. Can In, I, 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 did you have a question I couldn't find an answer to, and, and maybe one of you yeah. two have it, but when about are we saying that this started? 100 to 200 this, years ago. Correct. Okay. Yeah, that's
0: that's
2: around
1: when okay. I got. I to, and
2: all right.
0: I actually got between 1,000 and 10,000 times higher of normal extinction rates. So, But even though the, number, the numbers are so different, it's still an astronomical amount of difference
2: in a natural
0: uh, extinction rate.
2: Yeah, and there's very little consensus in the scientific community about, like, what is what when it comes to, like, if this is an, a, what kind of event this is. The only agreement they have is that this is some sort of event. We just don't know if this is a a continuation and uh explosion of loss due to human human uh intervention uh from the ice age onward because we Mm -hmm. also had a major event during the ice age which was what 1000
1: 2000 years ago Mm -hmm. so so basically there's 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 a lack of consensus because we don't we haven't scientifically gone through one of these before we don't have uh consensus on how to record and what we're recording kind of
2: yes because all the other ones that like all the other big ones they occurred over millions of years
0: yeah i got 65.5 million years ago (laughs) was like the one that the biggest one that wiped out the dinosaurs and 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 more species um so like Eric was saying, there's no way of knowing how to record this because we've never done it before.
2: Right. And there's actually even disagreement about, like, which one of those is the biggest one, because they say that the one that happened it 252 million years ago was the biggest one because it was such a massive, that was a massive loss of
1: almost all marine life at the time. And and even the understanding of those extinction events, that that science is still relatively young as well. It
2: is because it's so to get the fossils and stuff, it's like the core samples, the deep mining stuff is the only way that we can get information. And it's so hard to get that stuff.
1: So once we enter into a point of being able to have peer reviewed science on this, then obviously things will become a lot more clear. They will, they will, but there's also, I mean, there's, We may all be dead by then. Yeah, no, and I'm not, I'm mostly just, you know, I'm asking questions for the audience here because I, I, you know, uh, there is, it is such a young idea uh, Mm -hmm. that we are living through an extinction event. Right. Um,
2: I mean, but it was being, this was touched on by like Darwin back in his era of this is happening and the diversity, biodiversity of the planet is changing and we are accelerating that loss of biodiversity.
0: No, I think
2: because, Oh, sorry.
1: Yeah.
0: No, I think that brings up a really good point because we are accelerating it through, um, mass food production, global deforestation, uh, not having plants, um, rotation and and really using fresh water like it's it's all of these things that we've been talking about in the previous episodes that climate change is 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 happening and i think that is also adding to this great extinction
2: yep and i'd like to throw and i'd also want to throw this out as a future episode but another big big push is also diseases
1: Mm mm-hmm yeah, which we'll actually talk about with some uh, invasive species uh, later on in the show. But uh, so now the ripple effect, really quick. So if we lose one species, I was reading that we we will see a ripple effect through other species. Yep. Um, yeah,
2: absolutely. Because of the way that the natural food chain operates. Like, you lose the insects, then you lose the frogs and amphibians, then you lose the small animals that eat those birds and and small uh, uh, carnivores, like fisher cats and weasels and foxes and stuff, and it just keeps going up.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, because once you take that, that resource and then you it's extinct everything else is affected and we see that yeah. in our daily lives as well you know we some a resource of ours is being affected and everything else is being affected
2: yeah my my favorite one to always go back to is that the opposite direction i just described is but the loss of apex predators
1: right and then because subspecies we, and they say get like, that that is actually the
2: one of the bigger uh, driving factors is our killing off of megafauna, of like the woolly mammoth, the giant giant bear, the ursaring, the giant sloth. The I mean, the only one we have left now is the elephant, but we because we killed the rest of them off. Right. But we're huh. also killing off the elephants, and we're also <laughs> killing off the elephants and the rhinos and the yes, the other yes, it's uh, it's. Yeah.
0: But another yeah. huge thing, and I think this is maybe a good time to segue. We love our segues. Into is pollinators and and their role in in everything, um, yep. and invasive species.
2: Yep, I just have one tidbit of information yes. that I found out that I found really interesting in my research uh, that. Uh, ecologically, uh, there is only 3% of the planet that is ecologically and finally intact with little to no human footprint. Correct. Correct.
0: It, I also, I also read that. And I think yeah. to add to that before we segue, um, a lot of those places are natural preservations and, and,
2: um, preserved land and so no and pl- or other well, places this is that we just physically can't reach physically like we can't go Yeah, land, right. the Himalayan mountains or yeah. the deep ocean and correct what? yeah Well, this
1: is where we start talking about the plasticine epoch too that uh, that I can't remember the name of the lake in Canada that is so well preserved that all you can see is human it's preserved in a way that you could very clearly see the human fingerprint mm-hmm. and, yeah uh, you know so and we should talk more about the plasticine epoch at a different time.
0: Yeah. At a later time. <laughs>
1: yes. Perfect. Going into our pollinators, though, obviously, you, you've Let's got another definition. Yes. I have another
0: definition. A pollinator is an animal that moves pollen from the male altir- uh, uh, antler. Antler? Is it alpha? What is it called? A-N-T-H-E-R. What is that? Of the flower to the female stigma of the flower that helps um, bring about fertilization of the flower um, and pollen grains from the pollen grains.
1: Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Pollination. It's it, it has a couple of different versions. There are self pollinating plants. There are um, plants that require insects for pollinating uh, one of my favorite crossovers between those is the sunflower, uh, which doesn't technically need a pollinator to they are self pollinating as like corn um, but they they thrive with pollinators, uh, which I think is really cool um what do you guys say can we can we talk about pollinators like anecdotally you know I think we've all been alive long enough um that we've seen changes in just
0: in day to day lives I
1: mean, with pollinators.
0: One of the biggest things that is always when anybody the stereotypical pollinator are the bees. Bumblebees. The bees. bumblebees, the honeybees. And I think that of course there are so many other pollinators, but like if we're if we're gonna open a discussion, maybe we should start with the bees because as we've seen throughout the years of, of our lives, the bees are going through that extinction that we were just talking about.
2: Yeah, a huge loss of the biodiversity of the bee population.
1: Yeah, uh, 75% of the world's flowering plants and about 35% of the world's food crops depend on animal pollinators to produce.
0: Yeah, and I think and that's one of the biggest things that we're seeing is the decrease of that pollination. Would I be correct in
2: that? Yeah. I mean, I definitely see, I, I make an effort to like, when I have like my tomatoes are flowering to just kind of like touch, touch the flowers and then go touch other, other tomato flowers, just because I'm not seeing bees or other, other insects that I would normally see as the device diversity
1: in my garden. We have in years past uh, gone around with paintbrushes and rushed flower to flower to flower to increase our uh, our output because yep. we are seeing this decrease in, in pollinators. Mm. Um, and let's see, I think I have a, some data here on... Da, 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 da. beekeep in the US beekeepers lost around 45% of their colonies from April 2020 to April 2021. Domestic honeybee hives are down by 59% compared to 60 years ago.
0: Wow, that that yeah. is I think we should just let that fact sink in <laughs> for a second because
2: yeah. and, and that's not even the wild population. That is no. just like hey, these are ho- these are like Farmers that ha- that do it professionally that have had their their keeps die off. This is not including the the hive that sits in the oak, the okay. old oak tree ki- type of hives that are also seeing just as much loss.
0: Exactly, yeah. and I think that that is also decreasing a lot of the flora and fauna around these large areas because we're not seeing as much plant generation in these forested areas because of the bees dying off because of us
1: (laughs) and climate change. Well, well, and, and something I I just remember, you know, through so much of, of my youth and and sort of young adulthood, constantly being uh, like bees and, and all of this being vilified and being needed to be killed at all costs. And it was such this massive drive and, and there was just became all of these chemicals and it became so normal, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and yes, there have been, you know, uh, Africanized bees that are more aggressive and, you know, a handful of people died because they were irresponsible around them. But bees are not villains.
2: They really um, are.
1: Wasps are the villains, guys. Wasps <laughs> yes.
2: are the villains. <laughs> yes. Get it right. And the wasps Bang. are... And they're worse, because the wasps are also filling that niche that's being left left. Because you're seeing
1: yep. wasp populations boom. Yep. It's, and it's they so are true. dangerous and invasive. Yep. Um,
0: Which actually would be a good segue. But I want to make sure you have all of your information. <laughs>
1: no, I- well I, I where do you, do we wanna talk now about how to attract pollinators or, or we're we'll, t- we're talking we'll about talk, that later?
0: We'll talk a little because, later about how to attract okay. pollinators. Yeah, I
2: yeah, think we should that, end that, that on a good the, note. Yeah, it ties into the homestead a little better. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Um so speaking of uh invasor, invasive species, um Yay, another definition
2: <laughs> Um <laughs>
0: Uh, An invasive or alien species is an introduced species to an environment that becomes overpopulated and harms its new environment. Invasive species adversely affect habitats and bioregions causing ecological, environmental, and economic damage.
1: Fantastic definition. I think I'm going to (laughs) retire. Yeah, so uh, there is so many invasive species. I know Eric has some great examples for plants, especially locally here in Vermont. Yeah,
2: locally um, we have the uh, the wild cherryville, which people often mistake for queensland lace. Which queensland lace is a very beautiful, nice plant, but it also yeah. it's not very prolific. It doesn't it doesn't spread much. Whereas whereas cherryville, it spreads like crazy. You see it all over the place on the sides of the roads It's the stuff that has those little white flowers with kind of a fan kind of leaf. And it's just, it's everywhere now. And like, I I went to an invasive class a few years ago where they talked about how this is one of the worst ones and the towns themselves are actually hindering the prevention of this from spreading because they refuse to mow the roadsides at the right time of year. Oh, because they you need to mow it when they're still in full bloom, but they don't. They wait till it dies off, and then it's it already to gone seed. to seed, and then it yeah. just right. spreads because oh, it hits the hits that mower blade, sits okay. on there, and it keeps spreading it farther and farther along. So we're it's just like ah, oh, so we're just gonna like, eh, it's too much effort to try to do something about it, so we're just gonna not do anything.
1: Well, combined with. you know lily's definition of of an invasive species and your description of that plant it's it's important to note that just because it's an invasive or alien species it doesn't mean it's ugly Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that it's 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 going to show you that it's a wasp (laughs) you know uh it's this is a very attractive roadside flower yeah but it's bad. Like we, uh, yeah. And,
2: yeah. So it's only attractive we, in the late spring, early summer. Like after it goes right. to speed, the, the sides of the roads look like shit. And, I mean, sorry. Yes. Language. Language. <laughs> so <laughs> another,
0: uh, we get one. another couple, like attractive, uh, yeah. Another couple, like attractive uh, invasive species to Vermont are the Norway maple and the Japanese honeysuckle. Mm. Those are beautiful mm-hmm. plants. However, they are invasive. <laughs> yeah.
1: And they're choking um, out our natives. Yep. Correct.
0: Correct.
1: Which are so Along important with- to pollinators. Yes.
0: Yes. Yes. No. And garlic mustard is also invasive. Yep.
1: Anyways, oh, I could, yeah. Anyways, I
0: could give you the whole list. Garlic mustard is one of the ones that will run your garden over in a second if you let it. <laughs>
1: yep. Yeah. And it's, you know, they're not ugly they're not they don't smell bad they don't they just they are taking over and choking out our our native plants which are pollinators through eons of, of <laughs> genetic coding are looking for and now they can't find them yep. so they're going to new places
2: or they're dying
1: off yes yes
2: Great. Like, okay. I, I like to use the uh the not to go this is not an invasive but the opposite of the the reduction of uh, what the, cor- uh, the the corn Oh shoot uh, the monarch butterfly Their um what they eat um
1: a blanket oh. on the dang plant milkweed Me, yep yes Where, I, you I, yep. you've both seen that I let quite a bit of milkweed go uh, mm-hmm. at, at my house and um, we've moved some controlled patches closer to the garden and I'll get more into this later, but we have seen more pollinators this year than we have in the previous years since coming here. Nice. That's awesome. That's so.
0: Great. So let's talk about more. So we were talking more about the like fl- floral plant based uh, invasive mm-hmm. species. Let's go into the more animal um, fauna because fauna yes her, 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 Laura and well, fauna today <laughs> the one
1: yeah the one really important here in Vermont is the emerald ash borer it's native to asia uh it was first detected in the u s in two thousand and two and it has since spread to thirty five states and is estimated to have killed over one hundred million ash trees uh a you know a, a tree that is not only super important uh to the um, the climate where it grows, but as a uh, uh, fuel for humans, uh, ash is an excellent uh, firewood and uh, is being being pushed out of the area. You, I mean, longest amount of time in Vermont, Eric, you've probably seen more visual effect from emerald ash
2: borer. I mean, not just the emerald ash borer, but also, I mean, the ash, that's a newer one, but people are just, lit- are literally just hacking all of their ash out of their forest yeah. just, rather than yeah. fight this. And it's like, we're, you're taking the wrong approach. You're, you're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Like we need to, we need to do preventative things like try not pesticides. I don't like, I hate pesticides, but natural deterrents to keep these, these bugs from getting to the trees rather than just up oh, are just going to get rid of all the ash. Cause then
1: again, we're reducing our biodiversity. Well, and I'd be curious to hear how it is in your town, Eric, because I know here we have a, a Emerald Ash Ashboard EAB uh, council mm-hmm. where we, they collect volunteers that go out And not only identify ash trees, but identify the symptoms of the emerald ash borer. Mm -hmm. And when that tree is identified, it is, you know, dealt with in the appropriate steps of being cut down. And uh, typically burning it is the best way to do it because uh, you can mulch it. But the bug, you'd have to you have to get these this very expensive screening system to go through that entire process that will actually remove the the, the insects. So well, and um, the
0: eggs, because that's probably the yes, biggest yeah, problem. The is, egg, yeah. yeah, the yeah. eggs and and that's why burning it is is kind of the best solution to to finding a tree infested with the,
2: the ash borer.
1: And firewood, yeah. unfortunately, cool. is a way that these is being spread as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you yes. You know. Yes, so. uh,
2: That's actually really uh, – because I, I was just in Maine, and you see, like, all over the place going into Maine and then around is, like, do not bring your own firewood. Correct. Do not, do Correct. not, do not. Yeah. You will buy your firewood here. You have to. It is law. And, I yep. mean, uh, kind of mirroring that, you have a place like Texas that, uh, they don't have very, uh, you don't have to like really clean your boat well when going from lake to lake to lake. And they are having a massive issue with zebra mussels down there.
1: Like we have yes, in Lake Champlain. We, we like we have, have in lake Champlain here
0: as well. Like there is
1: yes. a
2: huge zebra mussel problem. Um, yep. Among, among other fishes that are, are things that are issues, problems, because there's also that, um... The lampreys are bad in Lake Champlain. I mean, we we can just go on and on about the different invasive species in different areas.
1: It, yeah. It's it's amazing how much of it can be like brought back to industrialization and mm-hmm. and the sort of having to rapidly move things from one place to another to support, uh, yep. you know, overpopulation.
0: And I and I yep. think that you make a really good point. And I think one of the the species that I'd like to bring up is the. Mo- The moose, the moose, and the tick population. Because what we've done is we've driven the moose so far up and in such a condensed area that now they're getting eradicated. They're they're on the verge of extinction
2: because of the tick population and. We've done over hunting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing, like even still in Vermont, they're still like, oh yeah, we still have a lottery because a healthy moose population has to be culled. And it's like, no, like we need, it, it's this like, and it's like the same thing with forest deforestation and stuff where they're just like, oh yeah, for a healthy growth, you need to cut everything down. It's like, no, we need to leave everything alone. There is no selective cutting. There is no selective culling. We are hurting these populations by continuing to insist that it's okay if we take some. Exactly. You're you're saying
1: that humans are not right about everything? Oh my gosh. God,
0: (sighs) Mind blown. I gotta say, I don't really
1: know a lot about the moose tick situation because when I see the photos of the the moose, I I I, I it's gut wrenching, and I move on immediately. I, I don't have yeah, that visual. I would not. That...
0: I would not look yes. it up if it's, you're, it's, you don't yeah, have. a If you, a strong if you haven't
2: already looked, yeah, don't don't look. It's horrible. It's and it's to... because we've pushed them into these small <laughs> communities. We've we've reduced their habitats. A biodiversity loss of the places they live. So now they're all. Congregating in small areas, we're increasing the temperature, which is allowing the tick species to last, live longer, and move farther and farther north. And it's a feedback loop, and exactly we
0: love the feedback loop term, and and that's exactly what's happening. And to kind of describe it for those who do not want to look it up, it's just a a moose head to toe covered in in ticks um, to the point of, of death. Um, yeah. And it is like, uh, heart wrenching. Flesh, and
1: yeah, their flesh and fur is it's, coming off, it's and coming off I mean,
0: and yeah, it's it is pretty
2: gruesome. Yeah, um, there's more but, tick than m- m- more tick than moose hair. Correct.
1: Yeah, it's especially yeah. these ticks have not transferred to deer or or have any desire for humans at this point. But you know, well, but neither did deer that, ticks at one point. Yes, and so, deer ticks are
2: also getting really bad. Like you'll see deer out there that just like. I mean, they look like they're spotted, and and they're not. They just have that many ticks on them.
1: Yeah. Yep. And those and, have come uh, to humans. Uh, <laughs> yes, and those are yes. transferred to
2: humans. We have, uh, yeah, that's a whole.
1: Uh, I have a whole oof. other have, can of worms we through, could open. I have been through the Lyme disease. It is um, pretty pretty awful. Um, so before we get into uh attracting good bugs, can I yes. can I yammer on about this this interesting stuff about mosquitoes uh, for 100%. just a minute here? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So uh basically and this goes to what Eric was just saying about warmer temperatures, right? So warmer temperatures um mosquitoes can can now survive in colder temperatures, but they than they used to, but Warmer temperatures is also expanding their range, uh, and now they're being parts of the found in parts of the United States that were previously too cold for them to survive. More precipitation from another feedback loop that we keep talking about with global boiling uh, is is causing more extreme weather events such as floods and droughts, and these events create new mosquito habitats. Uh, there's more stagnant water, uh, which is caused, co- uh, which is again tied directly to Climate change. Uh, now, mosquitoes are just as scary as ticks, and they are being found at higher and higher elevations throughout South America and Africa, and they carry uh, a variety of diseases malaria, dengue fever, Zika, uh, chikungunya. And so, which means that as mosquito habitats are expanding because of climate change, the risk of these diseases spreading. Is expanding, and there are massive parts of the world that just don't even think about mosquitoes. That they don't concern themselves. So there is no health system in place for the population. Should mosquitoes spread unexpectedly?
0: So that that you bring up a really interesting point because I actually experienced that Um, because I was in rural Papua New Guinea. And it was covered in mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. Covered. Like I had more bites than I can count. And I was also on malaria medication and I had, had gotten several shots before going. Um and we were talking to the owner of the house we were staying at and he went, No, it's just about diet. Oh no. Yeah, so so and that and that's that's fine. That's his that it, that's his but like that is really what it comes down to is is they think that you know they won't catch something because
2: of their diet and and it's it not is a degree of old, old wives tales of like if you eat more like honestly like i i would if you eat more spicy foods or garlicky foods to where to the point where you're almost per, per, perspiring that scent it actually does work as a deterrent Well, I've used that for
1: like deer flies
2: and uh, black flies and stuff.
0: There are natural but, things,
2: but, but to actually just completely dismiss it as like ah, oh, you just need to have a diet. It's like yeah, it's that now.
1: Correct. Well, yeah. and, and this you know, not only is there not infrastructure for for you know people to be treated, obviously there's no education. Correct. Uh, to as a preventative measure, from what Lily is yeah. saying,
0: and I, and I agree with like diet is so important. Diet diet helps your immune system. Your immune system fight anything that you get. However, that is not
1: the only thing it's not (laughs) so i I just i think this is like my my predictions about wheat shortages i think this is something we're going to see very much in the next couple of years there was um some real zika panic uh two Mm -hmm. or three years ago uh when it you know, was affecting babies, and I think that is going to resurface and ramp up in a much more real way than uh, the the handful of examples uh, that yeah, the media was able till, to get their hands on.
2: Probably yeah. not till after it leaves Florida, though, because anything yeah. that happens in Florida right now is being pretty well ignored by the rest of the country. And yeah, they have, yeah, it's I don't want to get into it, but it's it's yeah. it's bad in um, Florida right now. But there's not. It's 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 not going to be reported on until it hits place. I don't expect it to become really news prevalent till it gets
1: into the Carolinas.
0: Correct. I would agree with that. Um, now, how do we attract positive pollinators? Uh,
1: this is the fun part of the show. This is why this everybody is our... sticks around to the end, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't mow your uh... lawn. <laughs> right. Don't mow your lawn. And I think that's been a big factor for us. Uh, you know, we started with no mow May, it spilled over into mm-hmm. June a little bit, and then we started looking at like how much we actually use, and we've been just mowing paths to the areas that we're we're primarily using. Um but it's uh it's all about planting flowers that attract pollinators, right? Like it's it just I mean, so things to not do first, right? Like don't use uh, chemicals.
2: Yep. Correct. Don't cover your beds with bark mulch. Do not pull all the weeds out of your beds. Let the plants go. Like that's the thing. Like my front beds, my mom used to keep them like every year, tons of bark mulch to where just the specific plants would grow. And it's like, I don't do that. Like early in the season, I trim like the grass back, but Mm -hmm. I let like the, I don't know what the, the, the ones with the little orange flowers are called. But, like, they, and I can't, I'm not flowers. sure. Like a poppy? Like, yeah, like a California like, yeah, like, poppy? Yes. Yeah. Okay. The ones, yeah. They're very, very watery looking for yep. the actual, like, plant. Yeah. But I, I let yeah. those goes go everywhere. Cause it's like they have tons of little flowers that the buddies love.
1: Well, yeah, and it's important to leave like some dead leaves and branches in the garden. They need places to, to hide mm-hmm. and live in and a thick hedge is also Correct. really good.
0: You want to create mm-hmm. a good ecosystem for the pollinators that you wanna attract, essentially. Uh, so well, you, it's kind of that like let it be, you know. <laughs> oh biodiversity, crazy.
2: Yeah. yeah, I know. That's my that's my buzzword of the week, biodiversity. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, so and and, and just in flowers, talking about biodiversity, you want to plant flowers that are fragrant, Mm -hmm. you want to plant flowers that have a variety of shapes and sizes, Uh, so you can, like, you start appealing to a wider variety of pollinators, and you want to plant flowers that are native to your area, which we we spoke about earlier, because there are plants that pollinators are looking for, like um, Eric said earlier, with the Monarch butterfly and uh, milkweed. milkweed milkweed
0: and and you were saying earlier about how you can control your milkweed population
2: because if it's you let you who wants to control if you if control. you're if you want it to grow <laughs> you want to i have to say i i'm probably gonna let a good at least a third of my yard besides paths at least just go straight to
1: field next year we so my concern and but in controlling it was to not have it take over my garden so having it close enough that it's working for the garden but is not uh taking nutrients because those roots are monsters
2: (laughs) they are (laughs) what i'm probably going to do is the back of my garden is going to be the line for like Mm -hmm. from the back of my garden back i'm going to just let go yeah yeah, and, oh, you and, know, you've and seen using, what i've done here <laughs>
0: yeah using that and 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 kind of creating the best biodiversity for yeah and your throwing
2: environment. tons of annual annual flower flowering seeds out in the fields
1: just like and that's yes. what i'm gonna do
2: it's like every year i'm just gonna go out with a, with a bag of annual annuals and
1: just well, keep do spreading them out be careful with those because there are invasives in those mixes because they are, I have the right mix, of course. Yes. Okay. Uh, And that's more for, you know, our listeners, obviously. Um, Mm -hmm. And something, and I, I, I know Meg lectured you about this one, Eric, when we were walking around the garden one day, (laughs) but providing a water source uh, for your pollinators, they need water. And we have been in, a drought for several years, and now we have this extremely wet year. But uh, providing a water source, I know my my mother in law hasn't fixed a leaking hose bib in probably twenty years, <laughs> knowing her. Perfect, but, uh, because <laughs> because that is just perfectly good. A, a nice drip somewhere, pollinators will go and, and check it out. We have an like a dented up canning pot that we don't use anymore, and I bought like a twenty dollar solar. Pump, uh fountain pump off of Amazon, I think, a while back. And that's we just it just bubbles in a bucket of rocks, uh, with rocks that sticking hurts. out of it, giving the pollinator somewhere to land, and the cat uses it too.
0: I was gonna say no standing water because that attracts the mosquitoes. Yeah, so right. having that bubbling system will prevent the mosquitoes from laying their eggs. But yes. let's more to do. positive pollinators.
1: Right. Yep. And if you have even just like a standard, you know, pedestal bird feeder, uh, that is good for them as well. Um, and we'll bring birds to uh, to your area. Yep. Uh, which birds are good as eat. well. And yep. And we didn't really yeah. touch on hummingbirds or anything like that. We'll at a
0: later episode.
1: <laughs> yeah. They're, they're sort of shifting uh, migratory patterns. Uh, mm-hmm. Pretty, yeah. pretty visual.
0: So what so. is happening on the homestead? Speaking of pollinators
1: and... i mean i just have announcements really but go uh, ahead. Uh, <laughs> okay <laughs> well so, actually eric I mean,
0: usually I,
2: goes first if, if we're gonna yeah, go I, traditionally I mean, the news is kind <laughs> of uh, not more the same more the same like i'm about to i'm about uh i'm about to give up on the onions i'm actually i'm probably if it doesn't rain this afternoon i'm probably going to go down and pull up all the onions today I, mean, I say pull, I'm probably going to take my tiller and just till the row over. <laughs> oh, wow. Because I'm just, yeah. they're not doing anything. They're like, they're, they've, they've been six inches tall all summer. And the thing is, oh. like, I also realized something walking the dog to, uh, the other morning is that my lawn's not growing. Right. Like it was growing, it's growing a little tiny bit, but it's really not like growing the, at the pace I'm used to I'm used to having to mow every week for the month of June, July, and August. And I'm going to – I went all of June without mowing. And I'm going two weeks right now without mowing. And it's just, it's not shaggy. It doesn't look bad. It's just not – and it's just not growing. No sun. No sun. Yeah, we're still, no got, sun. we're still stuck with this no sun. We've been getting a lot of rain. And we're getting more rain today. And Yep. Uh, we're still having, it's not, it hasn't been as bad, but the smoke from the wildfires, it's, it's not noticeable for like the haze, but it's still up there blocking my, my UV rays from coming through.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and even, um, gosh, I can't remember her name from Fiddler's green, uh, was just posting that even in her greenhouse, uh, she's having trouble with tomatoes because she can't get good light Um, in there. Yep. Um, Yeah. Yep, I'm going to be working.
2: Yeah. yeah, one of my projects. and so for the f- closing on my homestead, I'm uh, one of my projects today. After po- after we do our podcasting, is going to be working on getting my the room I have designated for growing stuff to get it cleaned out. Get some sort of either I'm going to get get my big buckets out or some maybe build some raised beds inside and then dig up some, go out in the woods and dig up some dirt and just start getting things ready to grow inside. Cause outside's not working right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If I only, I had known to plant more shade plants. Uh, <laughs> <you know? laughs> uh, but yeah, this all has me very worried about the apple population and things like that. Uh, it, well. My apples look, great and the deer that's
2: good and i'm hearing from um our mutual hunting friend who has trail cams up every uh, all over the place says the the apple populations are booming the deer
1: population looks amazing Mm. okay that's good good uh yeah we're meg and i are going down this afternoon to investigate our orchard because we lost a tree uh we we spotted from the road uh so it was on a bit of a slope uh, this particular tree, mm-hmm. and uh, through all this rain, we lost one of our trees. Uh. Thankfully, I've got like 28 others, but uh, <laughs> it's still disappointing. <laughs> but yeah, that's good news about the deer population. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I have to put up more posted signs then because people like to cross my property to go hunting. Yeah, uh, but And I like to have a little safe place for those buggers. Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> and don't forget to pee Uh, on your
1: fence (laughs) (laughs) yes don't forget to pee on your fence Uh,
0: what's your what's your announcement
1: well yeah i'm going to talk about my garden a little bit because like i said shade plants my shade plants are doing amazing i have more lettuce than i know what to do with and everybody so does everybody else so that's not selling at the farmer's market either so you come to my house you'll be leaving with a bag of lettuce uh just so you know um But yeah, green beans are just like an absolute bonanza. We've got another like two pounds. I think I'm up to like six or seven pounds so far this season in green beans. And, you know, we've been using it for the um, personal chef stuff that Meg and I do for a couple families. But with Meg going out of town, I think I'm just going to be making a ton of dilly beans and uh, starting to starting to preserve some of this stuff that I can save. Uh, My onions look at the base look very healthy, but the winds and the rains have all of their stalks laying flat. I thought it was Ooh. the cat, but all of their stalks are laying flat. So I think I'm going to, I'm going to dig up one or two and see, see, see what's happening. Actually look. Yeah. Um, Meg pulled one out a few weeks ago and it was great uh, just because we were out and um, it was really good. So it might be kind of an early harvest on onions, uh, which, you know, is disappointing, but I don't want them to be a total loss. Yep. Um But as far as my announcement goes, oh, it's this is really exciting for me. So I started I talk about my hot sauces on here and I started last year as a hobby and then sort of giving them as gifts, uh, making hot sauces and uh, been selling them at the farmer's market to positive uh, feedback. And um, through a couple of series of meetings and, and sort of chit chatting with the owner of a local Uh, farm shop, which works with local growers and sells exclusively local products. She just put in an order for my hot sauces. Yes, very exciting. (laughs) So I've moved from hobby to, uh, you know, uh, selling them wholesale uh to a supportive community store. Uh, I don't feel like I'm really entering into capitalism. There is no oppression <laughs> involved here. This is purely commerce. It's important to know the difference. Um and uh yeah, so towards the end of August, the Freeverse Farm Shop on the Green in Chelsea, Vermont will be selling my hot sauces and I'm going to start selling them online shortly thereafter myself. Um and uh, just start slowly expanding uh so yeah so broken shovel hot sauces are uh coming to a store near about 700 people. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> <laughs> so uh but yeah so i'm just really excited about that uh congratulations it's, it's, it's yes congrats
2: yes so um
1: yeah that's it that's it that's it. At broken shovel homestead uh,
0: amazing Thank you so much. Um, So instead of doing a listener listener interaction this week, um, as most of everybody knows, Maui just experienced a very horrific wildfire. um, Which is still burning. Which is still burning. And um, it is still devastating. Um, And being from Hawaii and that area, I just wanted to talk a little bit about what our listeners can do to help Maui. And one of the biggest things is do not go to Maui. <laughs> yeah. um, and I cannot stress that enough. If you have a vacation planned, please reschedule it. Please, please respect the people who are going through this. And and so many people have lost their homes and it's devastating. And please do not take the resources that these people need Um, And respect that and do not go to Maui. But if you do not have (laughs) a vacation plan to Maui um, and you would like to donate anything um, to organizations, uh, you can donate to uh, one is Hawaii Community Foundation uh, and the other is Maui Food Bank. And we will be linking these in the description below. So give what you can. Uh, It's really
1: appreciated. Yes, and just stay away from Hawaii. Don't go. Yes, please, don't please go. Please just
2: stay away. Unless you're emergency <laughs> yeah. personnel and you're being going because of your emergency personnel status. Correct. Then, then. Yes, we're not talking go. about... Red do Cross not... and FEMA and the, yeah, yeah. the lights. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, Which, but if you're if going you're for a vacation,
0: these... just reschedule, please. Yeah, if, <laughs> yeah.
1: And if you're one of these nutjobs that thinks it was caused by space lasers, uh, please never listen to our show again. Please,
0: please don't. Please do not please exit immediately
2: yeah this was <laughs> um, caused by and lightning and a hurricane it was bad but it also gives us a great segue into next week
0: oh we are loving our segues yes. today
2: yes. um so what? next week what? we
0: are going to be talking about <laughs> wildfires part two because this is a huge thing and we will be touching on this issue again next week uh so tune in uh next week tuesday and we now, say goodbye
1: yes, we do <laughs> all right yeah thanks everybody that was uh that was a really well uh put together show. Thank you for your awesome definitions Lily um, thank you and uh yeah we we uh we really hope everybody can uh, uh, help help out in Hawaii
0: thank <laughs> you so much goodbye yeah bye bye later.